0: Shine your Hi, I'm George Abraham. Welcome to this edition of IWA Conversations. My guest today is uh, Moses Chowdhury, a young man from Andhra Pradesh who has made his mark in the area of uh, digital literacy and employment for persons with disability. And uh, he has an interesting story and uh, uh, he spent a lot of time creating awareness, sensitizing various stakeholders, he's into technology, he's into uh, skilling and uh, working towards placing people in corporate India. Uh, Welcome uh, Moses and uh, how are you this afternoon? Hi George, Uh,
1: first of all happy new year to you and all your listeners. Um, Yes, I'm
0: really doing well and how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, So uh, I'd like to know uh, Moses to start with, uh, uh, you say that you are low vision. So what I wanted to know and what the listeners to know is what is the difference between people who have low vision and uh, people who are blind?
1: Yeah, very interesting question to start with. So I think uh, I'm not going to go in the scientific definition. Uh, I think I'm going to just share, the way that I have experienced as a low vision and I what the way I see my friends who are totally blind, I think I'm going to share from that experience, lived experience. Yeah. Um, so first of all, um, as a person with uh, low vision, um, in my case, actually disability is noticeable in the sense when somebody sees my eyes, actually people can make out I'm a person with vision impairment, but I know there are friend who are friends, um, you know, my friends who are low vision have, but absolutely cannot make out in the eyes. So that's one thing that that just is one one at a basic level the difference. But I think, as a person with low vision, um, it's a huge spectrum because what you can see, what you cannot see, is very very individual thing. In in the sense that um, some of us can see um, things objects clearly but uh, cannot recognize colors. In my case, George, I actually can actually make out colors. Have very broad vision. Uh, I I have no vision in my right eye, but some vision in my left eye. Um, I can fairly distinguish uh, colors, uh, see objects, but I cannot um, you know, recognize if people are waving at me or smiling at me. So that's something that I cannot do. Um, so the difference in one way is that, right, in the sense uh, really a low vision, we can't really say what they can see, how much they can see uh, to a totally blind whom we can safely say, okay, may not have much of functional vision. So that's the, at a core, the difference uh, in terms of uh, low vision and uh, totally blind. I have a lot of funny instances as well. I'm sure in this, in the way of conversation, we will talk about that as well. But as being a person with low vision, sometimes, you know, you know, you make mistakes and, you know, people laugh about it. And in fact, I laugh at about them as well.
0: Yeah, I have often uh, run into trouble uh, because uh, much of my early life, I had low vision also like you, meaning I could i could see well enough to move around and uh, mm. recognize colors and so on but um, you know <laughs> there were comic situations anyway uh, moving moving on uh, uh, moses uh, you grew up in a, in a in a village in andhra pradesh yeah. so tell, tell me a little bit about your early childhood um,
1: so uh, i was uh, born in a farming family in andhra pradesh um, so when I was three months old uh, is when uh, when I was taken to a uh, polio drops is when my, you know, the nurse recognized that I have some sort of eye condition uh, by just looking at me. And eventually my parents took me to All India Medical Eye Institute in Delhi, um, all the way from Andhra Pradesh. And I had to undergo three surgeries, uh, George. Um, and then all went in vain. And uh, eventually I lost uh, one eye completely, another uh, just some residual. Dual vision that I regained, uh, I mean, I have retained in my left eye. Did the, so, did
0: the, did the doctor give you give any name to your eye condition?
1: Absolutely. So it's a, it's a combo offer. Um, it's a glucoma and cornea dystrophy. Uh, so, which is glaucoma, I think everybody understands. The cornea dystrophy is about the cornea becoming uh, thick, thicker and thicker. So that's the. And, and, and becoming
0: opaque in, in, in the process. Absolutely. Yeah, Okay. Yeah.
1: okay. I'm I mean, just oversimplifying for. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, carry on yeah. So, um, so that's the beginning in one way. Uh, uh, like any many parents, I mean many families, the immediate reaction for my family was that, whoa, oh, where do we go now? Uh, because uh, when we talk about vision impairment, uh, even now in many places, uh, beyond going to uh, going to high hospitals, people don't know how to really move forward. Uh, if, if any of their family members have a vision impairment. So that that's the, um, you know, intuitive reaction. Um, so th- then what happened was that I started going to school uh, in, in nearby my village, along with my cousins. Um, so I went to school in, in initially, uh, you know, maybe kindergarten, uh, equivalent to today's kindergarten. Um, you know, I used to uh, recite rhymes and all that was fine. but the, the, when the time has come to start writing and when the teacher is uh, you know writing on the board is when I started seeing problems because I, I could not read anything, I'm not able to follow what the teacher was saying. And that's when uh, I think maybe I was in my first stand at that time. And the, my teachers called my parents and said, no, we, we can no longer accommodate. Um, you know, your son in the school because he's not able to follow uh, when the teacher is writing on the blackboard. Um, so that uh, was a devastating moment for my mother uh, because uh, she always wanted me to go to school because uh, uh, she, she felt, even with, vision, with, uh, with, with my vision condition, low vision, uh, she always thought if I could access to education and I would be fine. Um, so, with my, my grandfather's help, uh, my mother's father, who uh, invested his time about an year to just identifying where the, uh, where the sc- school that a blind person can go to? And George, it took about one year. So I had to lose that one year in the middle. And eventually, we found a school um, in Vijayawada because, uh, you know, where I where I was born was a, a village called Gantasala. So that's about 70 kilometers away from uh, Vijayawada.
0: Gantasala um, is, a, is a famous name. There was a famous singer by the name of
1: Gantasala. Absolutely. The great Telugu singer. And uh, that uh, Gantasala is actually his surname. Right. Um, right. So,
0: does he belong uh, to this though, village? Does he belong to this
1: village? No, 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 no. He is actually uh, comes from a nearby village, but not uh, my village. Um, okay. All right. But his surname is his surname is. I think we borrowed his surname to my village, or or other way around. I don't know which way, but yeah. Um, so, though the school is actually available uh, nearby, I mean, in the in, the, in about seventy kilometers uh, vicinity, but we never knew about it. Uh, I mean. My parents or anybody in the village, nobody in the village knew about it. So my grandfather had, uh, you know, came to know about this through some. You know, he, you know, he has done a very interesting, um, um, you know, approach. He went to medical, uh, you know, medical shops uh, and started asking, "Is there anybody in your shop who buys medicine uh, for eye conditions?" And somebody said, "Yes, yes, for my, you know, shop, you know, I know there's this person who." you know comes for the drops and things like that and then that's how he got connected to somebody and then eventually uh, i went to the school so i in the school um, i learned braille and uh, and then with it's an integrated school so i grew up with um, visually impaired and sighted children together um so it it, it it's so it's fun um, my childhood it used to be both very joyful and very Frustrating, George. Um, Let me give an example why I say that. Um, From my childhood, I'm a vivid, like great fan of cricket. I mean, I know you are a great fan of cricket as well. And in fact, you brought uh, blind cricket to India. Um, So I used to wait for the newspaper to come uh, to even know the score. Uh, If I had to follow a test match, um, you know, I used to wait uh, for the newspaper to come, newspaper and run to my mother. For uh, for reading uh, the paper to me, right. and she just used to turn around and say, <clears throat> um, "Yeah, well, I will read newspaper for you now, but uh, that means that you'll you will not have lunch tomorrow today." So I, I don't think I had a choice between the food and um, <laughs> <laughs> paper. Right. So I used to wait for my mother to complete all her work to uh, you know finish reading paper. What does it mean? It actually means that I'm actually reading the paper that is outdated right. because if i'm just following the test score the next day would have already happened yeah right so that used to really frustrate me i used to think how can i read independently but i know that you know you know braille newspapers were not that easily accessible i had no clue about digital technology so but anyway i grew up um uh, with because of the good support system uh, in terms of friends. Um, my mother used to read books for me. So I, I, I kind of um, got a Pratibha Award in 10th standard and then moved to uh, Andhra Lala College. Um, but even there, a lot of challenges, but I'm sure we will we will talk about uh, them. But uh, all my childhood used to be, I used to oscillate between this joy of playing and uh, I used to be a good runner in the school. So, participate in the games, but also equally used to get frustrated with this
0: small little things that I could
1: not do as vision.
0: So uh, uh, you did your tenth standard from this blind school, is it, or you did your 12th standard from there? What did you?
1: Uh, In Andhra, the system is up to uh, 10th standard we do in the school, then go on to something called intermediate, which is equivalent to uh, 11th and 12th.
0: So that was the Loyola College. Yes, that's at Andhra Level College. So, uh, did you have problems getting admission there, or uh, it came by? It it came quite routinely? Uh,
1: in there, I think, uh, not an issue because um, uh, you know, being a Jesuit institute, I think they had certain um, the level of understanding already, and there there were people. Um, I think this is another thing, right? Because um, There were people who, from my school, went to that college. So the the, the seniors made that inroad for us in that sense.
0: Right. There was a precedence. Okay. Yeah. And uh, did they have uh, support systems there or uh, you had to fend for yourself?
1: Um, Well, yes and no, in the sense that uh, they they, um, had support system, uh, the kind of... um, you know, they allow uh, visually impaired to take braille to the classroom or record and all that. Um, th- largely, the the facility, I mean, the, their inconvenience has come from their um, lack of awareness. For example, in retrospect, I, I think uh, rather than uh, allowing us to write with scribes, you know, if, if, if there would have been a system where we could have written our own exams, that would have been much more better because um, otherwise, essentially, what we are now having is people who are very well educated with vision impairment and low vision but um, you know technically uh, you know illiterate because they, they don't know how to write, read and write if they don't know braille at all then uh, you know you know we have a different problem now i mean we'll
0: talk about it when we so what you what you what stuff. you are uh, suggesting is that if you could have written your exams in braille at that point of time uh, you might have been better prepared to move forward in life is that what you're saying
1: absolutely i mean that's an exposure right either either with braille or technology but if i can do uh, you know my uh, things on my own but i'll, I'll tell you why uh, as a person with low vision uh, you know i i mean i don't have uh, that much vision to actually see the printed material so i always have to depend on somebody to um, read so in, in even till i come to my plus 1 plus 2 intermediate i used to be very weak at spellings And I have to make conscious effort after that to improve Uh, because today my work involves largely reports and uh, with funders and things like that, but that time what because if you don't see the spelling and you know spelling is a so visual thing right uh, whether you know you might know doish um, spelling it's not because you learned uh, perhaps you would have seen somewhere the hoarding or the board or or in our case we would have seen the spelling with when we read with the digital copy uh, yeah
0: actually i would put it this way that if you have to write something you have to know the spelling and if absolutely. you have to know the if you have to write and if it is mandatory for you to write then you will take the trouble of learning the spellings Absolutely, uh, yeah. and
1: and the writing reinforces, right? I mean, yes. writing reinforces, so it actually sticks. Um, so the, you know, you know, those were the little you know little challenges that I used to have in terms of accessing quality education. But by and large, they had that system. Uh, those days, you know, the scribes and we were allowed to, you know, uh, you know, take the assistive technology to the class. I mean, that day, uh, those days, assistive technology was only Braille and uh, recorder kind of things.
0: Right. Yeah so uh, you did your graduation and post graduation from the hyderabad central university right
1: yeah i mean i i did graduation in layola itself uh, in right. andhra and then moved on to um, you know hyderabad central university
0: so what was your uh, time at uh, hcu like well, that's uh, you know again uh, it's very wonderful because it's,
1: first of all it's a 2000 acre campus um, right and I'm um, and happy, uh, you know, during the degree uh, interim, I mean, after my intermediate, I continued in Loyola College where I took B English. So that's a, there's a story. Uh, though I got state first award in my HEC group in the intermediate, I had to switch to English medium so in, in, um, in Loyola College for my graduation. Um, so, judge I used to actually go to class uh, just along with the, with the professor uh, so that I don't need to communicate with anybody else because that when the teacher comes and lecture comes, he straight away starts the class because I could not communicate anything other than say, hi, how are you? Uh, uh, so you, there too,
0: you, I... You mean, you, 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 till that point, you hadn't been exposed to English? No, no. You, were, you studied uh, in a Telugu medium school. Telugu medium school, uh, All right. yeah. So you, medium. Would, so you would enter the class when the professor entered the class? Yeah, absolutely. Okay.
1: And from there, um, to be able to crack seat in the um, you know master's class in uh, at central interest of hyderabad is a quite a task because um, uh, it's an all india entrance exam and i'm happy to just note that i got through with uh, you know in the open category without even using my disability um, you know with disability as a quota system so to really work hard um, but i think that's good that's fun because then uh, by the way i learned um, english thanks to cricket commentary uh. <laughs> um, because I like cricket and anyway wanted to follow um, so so just listening and listening and listening uh, I think I picked up the language and
0: then um, it's just like to, it's yeah. like it's like Amitabh Bachchan speaking English in the film uh, I think it was the film uh, uh, what's it called Namak Halal where uh, oh. he, he was talking uh, he, when he was asked to speak in English he started giving cricket commentary all right <laughs> yeah yeah for me for
1: for for many days english equals to cricket commentary
0: right Great. And that's so, how i
1: learned and i moved to central university of hyderabad right there the challenge was the first thing is that um it's not when it came to ma uh george it's no longer just, just studying uh, class books, I mean prescribed books. Lot of the
0: reference, more you read, lot of yeah, reference yeah. Material. yeah, yeah, okay. A lot
1: of reference material. You have mammoth library there, uh, but things, were, I mean, uh, I, at least I was not aware of any digital, um, you know, assistive aids and things like that. So there, are, there also I depended on my friends to read out, and I'll tell you that in the University of Hyderabad, there was an incident which actually changed my life. So, so I took Indian literature one of my electives in my ma ma times uh, yeah yeah and we had to read vikram Seth's suitable boy yes um and i know those of you know the book it, it's a huge book i mean i don't know 1300 1400 page book yes um we used to use that book uh to kill mosquitoes in the hostel room right a very effective book very bulky right which uh, used to be like we used to do the circus uh, you know surgical strike on the mosquitoes. Right. Um, So uh, when we were asked to read this book, um, I could, uh, nobody could read this to me, Uh, humanly impossible for anybody to read out. Till then people were reading and I was okay, Uh, but I was always aligning my calendar with them and I was only uh, in with my friends and I was taking only the electives that my friends take because then I can have my friends read, read for me
0: so why do you but, say why do you say uh, suitable boy was difficult for friends to read out to you because of the size of
1: the book Volume, yeah I mean, ah. the size okay just size and we, we had very less time to read as well we were asked to read it in about a week's time or so right and um, i mean many people you know you know some of my good friends told me sorry i have bad throat and and which is true i mean maybe some of them uh, you know i think some of them started reading out to me but they, they felt I don't think they can complete reading it out to me, right? Uh, right, and then they said you know all, all sorts of uh, excuses, but anyway, so I, I don't blame them at all. So uh, that instance actually made me to think again. Um, you know, how can I become independent in reading and writing, uh, which I had in childhood? I'm have been carrying that uh, you know frustration, but somehow getting through the system. But there, this instant is a boiling or the you know, point where I I, you know, I could no longer take it.
0: So what was the what was the outcome of this frustration and this experience? Did you yes. come up with any solution?
1: Absolutely, I, I think that solution actually has turned my life in, into a new direction. So I uh, wanted to this time, till then I was just frustrated but may not be doing much about it. But this time I actually called up my, one of my cousins who stays, used to stay that time in Bangalore. And said uh, he's a software engineer. I, I thought okay maybe he might know something. He he has no disability. Um, I called him up and said I want to understand how uh, persons with vision impairment pursue their higher education. He said well you are pursuing already. I mean MA is uh, is part of your higher education. What do you mean? I said no no I I really want to know how people can do things independently. Uh, that's when he came to know he googled or. Or I don't know what he did, but he came to know that there's something called screen reader, um, and which I which I heard by the way when I was in Loyola College, but we did not have access to it. Um, then he said there is an organization by name Enable India in Bangalore who teaches computers for visually impaired. And after my second semester, that means after my first year during the vacation, I came to Enable India and learned computer. So that instant instance, I think, made my uh, you know. Really made a difference in my life.
0: So when you went back to uh, HCU, uh, you kind of acquired a laptop or something, or computer or something. Yes. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I came to Enable India, learned computers, went back. Uh, you know, I think uh, we borrowed a computer uh, from somebody, uh, from a friend, uh, and it's a desktop, uh, and installed. Uh, you know, Jaws demo version. I, I did not even have money to buy a license at that point of time. Um, I used to restart computer every 40 minutes um, The time. Um, Have the demo version installed, started um, scanning books or started accessing web material. So my second year has become much more enjoyable. At least I felt I opted for this uh, papers based on my choice. No longer, it's just about my friend's uh, availability. So that actually made me much more happier and- uh, That could have me... been very
0: liberating, yeah.
1: Absolutely. It's The right word is liberating because I just felt I have conquered the entire world.
0: So moving ahead, uh, Moses, uh, you finished your graduation and your post-graduation. So uh, the next big question is uh, your professional career. What was your childhood ambition? What did you want to become in, in life?
1: That's an interesting question. I... Um, uh, i used to whenever i uh, when, by the way initially actually um, i used to see this at my home um, you know when people when visitors come and generally when we were child children people used to ask you know what do you what do you want to become when you grow up mm-hmm. and initially i I, uh, I, I, mean, I i mean when in thinking about it now i can i i could feel the difference when pe- when relatives used to come to my house uh, they used to ask my sister so my sister is uh, three years uh, older to me, um, they used to ask her, but never used to ask me. I used to wonder why, because I thought maybe initially I thought, oh, they know what I want to become already. <laughs> I thought my parents would have told them. Okay. Uh, but I know now why, because in, in subconsciously they were all thinking maybe, this, you know, he would do 10th or maybe study. And then after that, you know, maybe, uh, I think my parents mentally were preparing you know, thinking that, okay, maybe after education, um, you know, I'll have to stay at home and maybe do something or my father had to earn more a little bit more and keep it aside for me. I don't know what was going in their mind, but a lot of relatives used to come never used to ask me. But then I, um, you know, as a child, I also started telling, answering along with my sister, uh, either this or that, whatever comes to my, you know, initially. Uh, I always wanted to, uh, you know, become a pilot. Ah, when I okay. Was, yeah, when I was a child. What right. I used to say, I, I want to go for cricket and all random things. Right. Um, one day, um, my teacher came to my uh, house and this is again a very defining moment. I, I remember as if this, this incident happened only yesterday, like that vividly. She came to my house and said, um, you know, to my mother, she said, uh, you know, Moses is studying well, but I'm deeply worried about him because uh, he doesn't sing or he doesn't show any passion for music, being a person with vision impairment, uh, if he doesn't sing or if he doesn't uh, show interest in music, I don't know what he would become.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So, uh, and my mother and I, I remember crying that day uh, and my mother also, you know, having tears in her eyes because we, have, you know, those, those days we used to think visually impaired could only become singer or um, you know, m- music teacher or, or or a lecturer or something. Yeah, um, in, the, in
0: that context, those comments would have been quite telling because uh, if that is the only option and you don't have an interest in that, then that's going to be quite, uh, big, big quite problem, a dismal right? future. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. My, my, my mother asked me, you know, why am I doing all these things? Because um, my mother, uh, for me to study, uh, because my father is a farmer, yeah. so he couldn't come to us to vijayawada so um, because i could not stay in the hostel because i, I could not uh, get adjusted in the environment there so my mother had come with my sister and me we used to stay in vijayawada away from my father um, uh, alone she used to take care of house and you know all that and she she had tears in her eyes and said what am i doing all this uh, if you don't have any career option Right. So from there, um, I think, but I think things, things started slowly um, uh, improving, not because I, I, I kind of built ambition uh, for a career or anything, but that day I decided just, I would just study uh, in order to just make sure that my mother uh, efforts don't go waste. So I studied well, then came to Lila College, then got little awareness about oh at least the lecturer the my seniors used to become lecturer so uh, at one point of time I aspired to be a lecturer um, then when I went to university uh, I thought oh I can do doctorate and become a professor
0: okay.
1: um, then when I came to enable India uh, during that uh, summer uh, when I came to enable India to learn computers I heard a conversation about this career choices um, George and that in, that again a defining moment in my my life. I heard this conversation between a placement officer and a candidate who's aspiring to, you know, work in a, a company environment. Uh, they were just talking that the candidate was telling this placement officer. Look, I have two options. Um, you know, one is in a small company, but other one is in big MNC. I think I visualized to work, you know, in the in the big company. That's what he said, and he said I will wait for that opportunity, though it takes some some more time uh, for that company to release the offer letter. That's when it struck me that there are choices for persons with vision impairment, and that's when I kind of. Really deeply developed that aspiration to learn digital, um, you know, uh, digital, gain that digital literacy, or learn computers. And uh, I uh, then thereon I kind of really built aspiration to work for the community. And that's why I, I went back, did my masters, and uh, wrote an email to Shanti. Um, in fact, uh, immediately after my MA, I joined MPhil and I quit midway because thinking that. And um, I, 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 as you rightly said, I felt liberated and I said, I want to experiment. I want to do something that others have not done perhaps. I mean, um, which is that I wrote to Shanti. Um, I mean, I came to Bangalore again, uh, did did advance computer course with Mitra Jyoti and uh, Enable India and that time I wrote a mail to Shanti saying that I want to work for the community. I just don't want to work in the conventional roles of
0: lecturer or anything and landed in Enable India. Right. So uh, you're referring to Shanti Raghavan, uh, who heads, uh, who started one of the founders of Enable India. Absolutely. Right. So uh, you have done extensive work in digital literacy over the last few years. So uh, I'd like you to kind of share why you think it's very important. Of course, it's had a great meaning in your personal life. uh, But how is it going to change the landscape of the blind person in India, and what are the challenges? That, uh, that, that there is in kind of uh, spreading and promoting digital literacy.
1: Again, a very interesting question. So, uh, so, I mean, as I said, in my own life, um, I always say this, um, I believe computers arise for visually impaired. When I say computers, I also mean a mobile or any other assistive aids for that matter, uh, because I saw in my own life from somebody who had to depend on my friends to read, Today, I take great pride and I'm married to a, a you know, person, sighted person. My wife, uh, in general, doesn't like reading. So she asks, she tells me, anyway, you are always on that uh, stupid phone. You keep reading all the time. And why don't you tell me what the news is uh, rather than me reading again? So I take great pride in that. I and mean, today I'm able so, to do so, that. So
0: when you're growing up, your mother used to read the newspaper to you. Now yes. you you <laughs> uh, you read the newspaper out to your wife absolutely at least i mean
1: even if i don't read literally i can actually i I mean i tell her this is the main news and this is what happening and and it's i mean it's a great feeling george i mean
0: yeah i i I, I could imagine i could well imagine yes yeah
1: um so even uh, even for that matter you know i as a person i mean with wife and husband. So I, I do the bookings or I do the, you know, shopping or whatever little finances that we want to investments, in. so all that I manage by choice. It's not that, I mean, she, she, she's not interested in any of those. So I had to take, take up those things. Um, so I have seen that difference in my own, my own life. Yes. And we at enable India also have seen in the larger community uh, when people with vision impairment uh, actually gains that digital literacy skills and um, you know, that opens up opportunities that are otherwise not possible. Um, Let me give an example, right? I mean, uh, anyway, uh, earlier when the, there was so much of paperwork involved in the offices, the visually impaired were only able to do a a telephone operator or limited to few roles. But now with the, you know, more more and more offices in the, to start with private sector, and now even in the government, when more and more, You know, workplaces are becoming paperless environments, the whole, the spectrum of working opportunities have increased. And by the way, today, um, you know, uh, we at Enable India counted there are about 183 different job roles in which persons with vision impairment are able to work. I mean, it's growing. It's just a count that we had, but I'm sure there are many more opportunities out there. I mean, many more job roles in which persons with vision impairment uh, can actually work.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I I just come in here, uh, you know, you're right. There are many possibilities of blind and visually impaired people actually working in the corporate world, as well as in the government. But, you know, with uh, Skill India coming into being, you know, Mr. Prime Minister's uh, dream project of Skill India, and uh, they, uh, one of the targets in that was 37 lakh, uh, 3.7 million people with disability would be kind of uh, trained and employed by 2022. I think that yeah. was the kind of target in uh, in 2014 or 15. Correct. But, uh, but uh, what one has noticed that uh, the focus that most organizations and entities uh, have shifted from blind people to hearing impaired people and physically challenged people and even intellectually challenged people to just get the numbers and visually impaired people ironically are probably most qualified when it comes to education and uh, and and they are left in the lurch so why do you think uh, this is happening and uh, what is the way forward
1: i think they they, that is true i mean there are organizations even in um, when we go to rural Karnataka we see organizations even working on uh, say intellectual disabilities which is in itself is a good thing. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm glad that they're able to do that, but they say, oh no, but we can't work with vision impairment. The reason for that, uh, George, is that, um, you know, if a person with a vision impairment uh, have to really become employable, the journey is, you know, much longer because you have to really teach computers, um, you know, and and then talk about skilling or the domain training programs without that, without that base of knowing computers, you can teach a domain, but, uh, you know, the ultimately, that person is not independent in using computer is not very useful. So, so what's, what is happening in this number game when it comes to people, just making sure that they train more and more people, they think, Oh, teaching, you know, if, if we have to work on the development of persons with vision impairment that take longer and, uh, and you know many many more steps to complete so the you know why do we what do we even take uh, that's uh, you know touch them uh, that's an unfortunate uh, thing uh, but i think what will change is uh, and i think there is the room for innovation right i mean that's why when you actually asked about the significance of digital literacy uh, is the thing. For, for example, if we can introduce a digital uh, literacy skills at Engage in the schools where people with vision impairment can actually read and write using, uh, you know, braille, electronic braille, now to computers uh, using screen readers. And we need to provide all these choices. I'm not saying one is the good the, uh, or the other is the bad. I mean, based on the choice, I think people can take up, uh, you know, take up the option of you know the mode in which they want to access study material but if we can introduce and make visually impaired read and write independently then they will have a level playing field when it comes to accessing the skilling opportunity because skilling is what i mean the final uh, maybe a lap in in the, the in the marathon where you know people are really getting ready to get ready for the work but who is working on the Building them to get there, I, I think that's the biggest uh, miss here, and that's where uh, George, I you know you have been part of the whole See a Million conversations. You have been a great champion of um, spreading that, uh, you know, awareness about the opportunities and digital literacy. So, so we need to do that work. I mean, as a as a community coming together, that's why we have campaigns like See a Million. Uh, the collectives are the way forward, uh, where organizations come together because no longer one organization can make this huge difference right um, so we need we need people to come together and work on that creating awareness so well uh, so the way forward is to is to really to do that backward integration um, in terms of uh, really making digital literacy skills available for persons with vision impairment or digital access for visually impaired from their childhood then right up to education through then then obviously yes if they want to pick up a domain skill towards the end of their um, academic uh, then then getting getting into job market is much more easier so I don't know if I have answered your question but this is what is running in my head
0: yeah <clears throat> which means that uh, there is a lot of need for actually reaching out and uh, uh, making making sure that digital literacy and uh, skilling when it comes to using digital uh, devices and uh, accessing the world of knowledge needs absolutely. to be made available right at the grassroots level uh, you know because there are uh, you know the number of blind people in this country run into millions so that's a absolutely. huge huge number that we are talking about absolutely and uh, so uh, that is one side of the story but what about uh, uh, people who give jobs uh, the, the private sector what has your experience been? Are they open or are, is there work that needs to be done with them? Absolutely. So, I think, uh,
1: you know, at least for the last 10 years, I have been with Enable. And what I have seen is that increasingly corporate India is uh, becoming aware and coming forward to hire persons with disabilities in general. I'll come to persons with vision impairment in a minute. But um, in general, persons with disability people are showing interest. Uh, in in hiring and all that. I'm not saying there's no work to be done there. There's a lot more work to be done because even now, a lot of companies are still having apprehensions. It's just because they never had exposure to working with persons with disability and and anything new for humankind uh, always takes time to get used to. Um, But when, George, for some reason, when it comes to persons with vision impairment, uh, again increasingly that increasingly people are coming forward but i still say relatively when it comes to hiring persons with a vision impairment people still have a lot more questions today uh that that's the reason i think predominantly uh, i think people visualize this world of, you know visually as in like they, they think there is so much dependency on vision in this world uh when i say vision eyesight i mean not the in, uh, not the other vision. Um, eyesight. People. People think. Oh, without eyesight, you can't do much. Because of that, I think there. There. You know corporate India also sometimes they say, Oh, oh, we are okay to hire persons with a physical disability or phys, you know other disabilities but may, we may not be ready for hiring persons with vision impairment but to be frank um, we actually uh, have seen when a company hires uh, severe um, you know impairment like vision impairment or intellectual disabilities or uh, multiple disabilities company becomes much more inclusive and hiring anybody else becomes much more easier for them so because the people think uh, there's so much dependence on eyesight they cannot visualize the other world. Um, you know, they have a lot of times questions about, um, you know, how the visually impaired can come or do things and all that. That's why, uh, you know, we keep hearing this in the interviews. Even um, even when a person is most qualified, has MBA, uh, people in the interview first they ask is, um, you know, how how have you come here or how. Um, how do you eat, or you know, how do you go to restroom, or whatever—all all sorts of funny questions. Because um, it's it's not that they, they 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 want to say it's it's not just about insulting, or I mean, it's not yeah, it's, it's, it's not com- it's,
0: it's not about demeaning. It's basically yeah, curiosity and curiosity gen- and genuine genuine ignorance.
1: Absolutely. It's a genuine ignorance and it comes from there, but uh, at least I appreciate that curiosity because unless people ask, they just assume, right? So uh, that's one of the reasons why we we still um, not seeing the willingness from corporate India to hire persons with vision impairment, um, even though they are doing for other disabilities.
0: So uh, in your uh, resume, I was reading that you do a fair bit of work with what you call WPS, which is Workplace Solutions. Yes. So, can you tell me what this Workplace Solution is, and can you maybe maybe give with an example? Absolutely. So,
1: Workplace Solution is is nothing but uh, a solution that helps uh, persons with disabilities to do their job, uh, you know, uh, easily. So, I'll give an example um, of an Workplace Solution. Uh, this is the Workplace Solution that Enable India has created um, you know, in say about 2004 or so. Um, so there's this, uh, petrol and gas company who approached, uh, you know, enable India and said, we want to hire persons with disability. And we all know at petrol pump, uh, you know, that the most, the most, you know, many people are required to fill gas, but then the first they said, okay, can we hire persons with disabilities as a traffic assistance which is to just clear the traffic and ask people to come in line and things like that but then we enable india said but that's not the you know predominant job in the gas and gas and petrol stations so then they said oh but uh, how do we hire uh, you know say persons with disabilities to fill the gas uh, petrol and all that because if it is visually impaired they cannot make out the, they, could, they may not be able to read the screen and so on so forth. Um, but then anyway, so to cut the long story, they said, okay, why don't we hire persons with hearing impairment in this case? So, um, but they said uh, the company said, but how can they communicate um, with customer? And that's when uh, Enable India and the company together have designed a wipeable, a simple wipeable board, uh, which says, uh, you know, says that I am a person with hearing impairment. Uh, please indicate your choice whether you want petrol, gas or diesel, um, how much and how would you like to pay with a credit card or cash or whatever. So it's just a tickable options. And of course, in, in it's, it's in vernacular languages as well. So the person carries this board to, to the driver and the driver ticks and a person with hearing impairment does the work. So in this case, um, the solution that is a wipeable board is opened up the job because that is a solution is a enabling that person with the hearing impairment to do their work well so that's what we call as a workplace solution uh, of course i just use this example for for the simplicity um, you know to explain this in a simple words uh, these solutions can range from no tech to low tech to the highly technological for example george today you and i are able to have this conversation using screen reader and on you know on, on on the computer on the internet using internet because of screen reader as a workplace solution so um, so my te- team and i actually uh, do this workplace solution so if we go to companies we kind of identify jobs we open up jobs by testing the applications uh, which are used in that say role or the process and see how that is compatible with screen reader and we kind of um, then Train persons with the vision impairment to be able to do well in that um, job using the t- technology or the solution that we propose. Because for low vision, it could range from magnifier to just sometimes it's just about uh, changing the contrast of the screen or ch- changing the font size or you know changing the lighting conditions. So, so the many aspects of workplace solutions. But in 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 to put it simply, workplace solution is a solution that enables a uh, person to do well in their job
0: yeah interestingly uh, the way i see it is that very often when you talk about hiring visually impaired people or a disabled person in a corporate corporate job yeah. uh, immediately uh, the focus is on the disability and immediately uh, you know the impossibility uh, uh, kind of crops up in your mind but so, if you were to kind of uh, kind of shift your focus from the disability to the person you yes. suddenly start thinking about, okay, if this person has to use the restroom independently, uh, a, a blind person, and it's a question of just showing how to get to the restroom a few times, and Absolutely. then you'll find that the person is managing that on his own or her own. Absolutely. So, so I think people react in, in a very extreme way because they see the disability and they are so obsessed and focused on the disability as a result. It looks as though it's an impossible situation.
1: Absolutely, George. I mean, uh, to just give give an example, um, yesterday I was on a uh, jury um, uh, in one of the premier uh, business schools. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a P- program. Uh, I think they say PGP or something, right? I mean, there's a yeah. post-graduation diploma. Yeah. So uh, we were offering, um, you know, our, our founder Shanti Raghavan was offering a course along with other other, you know, faculties from the. Business school. Uh, so this is a five-day program, and we 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 saw people on the first day. These are, world, I mean, these are top-notch people, you know, uh, you know, across the country and other other countries. When it comes to disability, they're just they were not able to interact because they were very scared of talking about things because they thought, you know, they might make a mistake and things like that. But when we introduced that thinking of possibilities, uh, and yesterday I was on the jury where they, they were uh, solving problems. For example, George, one of the team presented about uh, if uh, you know, the, one of the, their, if they're working in a manufacturing company and they, they, their supervisor becomes blind and how would they enable that supervisor to function um, as well as uh, they, that person used to when the person had vision. And these guys came up with so many solutions uh, that happened because of, as you rightly said, when you don't focus on the problem, when you focus on the person, when I mean, you understand the problem, but don't focus, uh, I mean, don't get scared of the problem, but to break that problem down and look at the person and enabling, and then you actually come up with solutions. So, so I think it's very interesting that just that mindset change that helps people to think of solutions.
0: Yeah. So um, we will ask you the. I would ask you the last question of this chat sure. uh, and, and using a cricket analogy. Uh, you've done a lot of splendid work so far. You're still young. You're just 35, as you said. Um, uh, you've done a lot of work. You've had a lot of experience of living life with a disability. You've, you've found solutions and you're moving ahead. When you finally kind of pull your shutters down or you declare your innings closed, say at 60, 65 or 70, what is it that you desire to have achieved by then?
1: I think I wanted to, uh, I mean, one thing that I surely want uh, to visualize the world uh, where um, digital literacy become uh, is available to persons with vision impairment. That's my first uh, thing, because uh, as they said, in many words, my own life, uh, so I wanted to see that. That means that uh, I would, I want to see uh, visually impaired, um, you know, reading and writing independently. I want people to write, by the way, their own exams because I, I you know, in the scribe system, we lose a lot of things because, you know, as I said, um, that experience of writing is an important uh, employability skill that that is required when you have to work in this 21st century so so one thing that i certainly want to see is that uh, you know next generation of persons with vision impairment um, you know read and write independently that's one thing that i want to see yes. but in general george uh, i want to see more and more leaders who um, have ability to include people um, uh, and um, that's no longer a, is a skill. I mean, it's just no longer about um, awareness. It's about having that skill and knowledge um, and attitude to include people, um, not just persons with disability. But um, in, you know, when you learn to include persons with disability, you become inclusive to many. You know, others as well. Uh, you know, for example, if you learn how to work with a deaf colleague in communicating simple in a simple uh, language uh, whether you know sign language or not if you can do that you will also learn to include uh, somebody from rural background who perhaps may not have um, the equivalent uh, you know like in, uh, you know like somebody like me who had to struggle with my limited english in the beginning so you could you could uh, uh, perhaps you know, include, uh, you know, language disad- I mean, somebody here that the uh, disadvantage in terms of English language, when you work with visual impairment, when you describe things, you will learn to, you know, you'll learn to prioritize, for example, George, I know this, this happens to all of us, when we sit, uh, sometimes people say, people start describing every little thing in the movie to us. And that actually disturbs, right? Because you need to know, when you are watching a movie with the vision impairment, how much to describe. Um, that's a lot of decision making right i mean uh, yeah. in in one way so I, I like to see you know people um you know because of inclusion um you know in general uh, our country and our I mean, our you know uh, world becomes uh, much more in, uh, you know leaders which we, who will have much more skill set just because they're able to include persons with disability
0: Yeah, actually, uh, you know, when you actually start including and you start creating a workplace or any kind of platform which is inclusive or universal, it becomes easy for all. It's not just about including people with disability, but there is ease of operation for all. It's not just, you know, and that's something which people haven't realized. And uh, I guess uh, that's something that all of us dream about. It's been a pleasure, uh, uh, Moses, talking to you and I would like to wish you the very best in your endeavors as you go forward. Take care and all the best.
1: Thank you, George. It's my pleasure.